0: 37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, January 12th. It is about 12:01 here in San Diego, California. And you know, when you you bring on a guest, it's your job, it's your duty to provide a list of accolades, what they've done in their lives. And Demetrius Johnson, I don't know if I would have time to do that. If if I listed every accolade of yours, we would not get even even get into the interview. So before we begin, what is the accolade that you're most proud of? You know what?
1: Uh, just the duration of how long I've been in the sport. Uh, all the title defenses, all the belts I've won. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to say that. That's that's a, that's a big thing itself. Um, you know, a lot of athletes do this type of sport in mixed martial arts, and they never reach uh, the level of a uh, championship world champion. And I've done that, and I've, I've held that. I've held that title before six years, and you know, I just won the world grand prix and that's my second world title in a different organization. So I'm a, I'm happy. I'm blessed to be healthy and still be able to compete.
0: So well, there's a, there's a few things that we're gonna try and cover today. One, mixed martial arts. You know, this is in the fight with Bo Templin and and one thirty seven PM and, and Gary Vaynerchuk's made a pretty big push to be a part of the MMA sphere. You know, Lloyd Peterson's now part of Vayner Sports and and we represent now a few different clients in the MMA world. So we will without a doubt tackle that. But you're also a diehard gamer. Yep. And we do plenty of that over here at 1.37 p.m. as well. So knowing that those two things are going to be tackled, can you compare the MMA community and the gaming community? There's pros and cons to both, of course. Um, but I would be curious your opinion on the similarities and differences kind of between the two.
1: Uh, I would say the similarities to both of them. They're both diehard hard right? They both love what they love. Community loves gaming and the mixed martial arts community loves mixed martial arts. And like you said, there are obviously there are cons uh, to each community, but they're very diehard and they can smell you know, basically a rat or somebody who's being fake uh, from a mile away. That's those are, the, the, you know, the differences and similarities to both of those things.
0: Demetrius, you reached a outrageous level of success in mixed martial arts to the point almost that few other athletes are really able to tackle. And that's when the conversation becomes, is there anyone who can compete with them? He's so good that it's boring. All those things were said when you were, you know, fighting, I guess, in the flyway division over at the UFC. And, and now you're making the lead to 135 completely correct.
1: Yeah, at one championship, there's no weight cutting. So I fight at 135, which is their hydrated flyweight division.
0: Cool. Perfect. And hence the same name for the flyweight division uh, for 125 in the UFC. Flyweight over in one championship is 135. But you've reached that pinnacle. When you hear, not even necessarily about yourself, but maybe it's with another athlete, he's so good it's boring. What, what does that mean to you?
1: You know, it it doesn't mean anything to me because at the end of the day, I just read the interview. um,
0: Have you ever heard of the athlete named Spencer Fisher? I was going to ask you about this exact article.
1: So, I mean, at the end of the day, Spencer Fisher, uh, a great athlete. I, I watched him uh, fight growing up. I actually trained with him when he came to a- AMC creation, uh when he was getting his uh, first fights in UFC. And you look at that, and he went out there, and he competed, and he did very well, and he was also in some wars. And for me... Uh, you know, i in wars. I want to go out there and, and do my best to stay above the the division, stay above my competition, not take damage in when I'm competing. Because of the day, I'm going to retire. I am not going to be fighting for the rest of my life. And when I'm done. When I'm done and I and I retire, I don't want to have CT, I don't want to have percussions. I don't want to have anything. I want to be able to read a book, obtain that knowledge, be able to apply what I read from the book, and be able to utilize my brain for the last 70 to 80 years of my life. So for me, when people were like, "Oh, he's born," I was like, "Stop my fault. I'm gonna stand there and bang and give you blood what you want. That's not my, my problem. If you want blood and you want to see some, you know, some craziness of just some crazy ass, take your ass to your local bar." have five beers, tell the guy next to you that he's a bitch and then have at it. And then you know, when you get to the police station, you can look at your, you know, the recording.
0: Um, One of my kind of like mantras, I guess when it comes to like covering and mixed martial arts a little bit, is that I'm not a fighter myself, right? I'm not the one in the cage getting hit in the face with four-ounce gloves. I'm not the one eating a knee in the nose. Why am I the one that should be, you know, the couch coaches, right? The people who are sitting at home tweeting, man, Demetrius Johnson should be standing in there banging a little bit more. It, It drives me crazy. But I did start sparring at the local boxing gym two weeks ago. So I'm just kind of getting into that world, knowing that you're so conscious and aware of the damage that you're taking in. How safe am I doing this?
1: Well, you're safe. Obviously, if you go with people who are at the same level you are, and you're going with people who respect, respect you and respect the level that you're at, then you're totally safe. You know, I've been training mixed martial arts for 13, I mean, what, 13, 14 years, I think now, and I haven't had any, I've never been knocked out never had any concussions from training um and i don't even wear a headgear in the gym that's because we know what we are doing right like when you've been in the sport for so long it's not about going in the gym and having these wars and banging your body and and just having these wars it's about i'm an athlete this is how i make my money let's get my body in the best shape physically possible make sure my tools are sharp that way i can make it tight so if you had that mindset then you train in the gym, especially not being a professional athlete, you are totally
0: safe. Um, with the no headgear thing that you just mentioned, I am curious. Is that because you don't like the reduced vision or is it because of the larger target um, that the headgear might bring? They, so, sometimes there's like people who say that, you know, you're going to eat an extra punch or two per round because the headgear is just naturally a larger target for your opponent to hit. Is, what, is it one of those two reasons or is it something else? My personal opinion, I don't like how it gives you a false sense of security, right? It gives you a false sense
1: of security that it's okay to shop. And for me, i have never, i have never worn it, uh, just for the aspect of, of itself. Like I've worn it a couple of times w- when I spar and I get hit, I, I'm like comfortable to sit and the- get hit way more, my head gear off. And I'm like, fuck, I got to hit it. Cause I stood there and just started banging. Um, but when you have no head gear on, you're like, okay, I have no head gear. On. I have no protection. Just like in a real fight, let's, 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 let's pretend let's, let's spar like I am sparring in a fight, right? And so time, you know, when it's boxing, you're constantly getting hit in the head over and over and over and over again. So it makes sense for those guys to wear headgear, but for mixed martial arts, we're not, you know, we have the legs and the lever, you have, you know, the Muay Thai clinch. there's so many more things that are available for, you know, the athletes to be able to get hit at.
0: Demetrius, I I still am like pinching myself that I'm talking to you right now. Like I don't think you really are quite grasping how cool this is to me. Like, again, such an honor to be talking to you in this capacity. I really appreciate the time. Um, One thing that I'm trying to do is make the fight game or mixed martial arts consumable for like average people. And a lot of times what you do so well is not easily seen by the public audience, right? Like whether it's a over under hook whatever it may be you're really good at those small details if there was one thing you wish the general mma audience could understand better or have a better grasp of what would it be
1: oh, i guess just the gamemanship and the chess the, the chess that's being played when the fights being when the fights be taken you know when i watch fights it's I, I tend to not watch fights with, you know, my friends or I watch fights at all because I literally sit there and I just try to analyze the fight the whole entire time instead of actually enjoying it. And I'm like, mm, ooh, ooh, like every once in a while, I'll get into them I'm like, oh, this is about to be sick. I got, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. But I would say that, you know, the fans or the, the basic community, take a time, sit back, relax, and don't say, oh, he should do this. Think outside the box of like, I wonder why he's doing this. What is he trying to implement? What is he trying to exploit? Those are the things I would want the community to take a look at.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, let, let me go a little bit further kind of into that. Obviously when the average person is watching uh, mixed martial arts in general, you, yep. can see a, you can see a pretty big difference between 135ers and heavyweights, right? Heavyweights, yep. it's, it's stationary. They're trying to land one big blow. 135ers, get inside, get outside, bounce side to side in front of them. I would assume there's still that same difference from 125 to 135, just at a much smaller level. Is there something you almost look forward to now that you fight at 135? You're like, oh, now that I have a little bit of extra weight on me, I get to do this more or um, something of that nature. Am I conveying that with any sense?
1: I understand where you're coming from, but for me, there's no difference between, there is a difference between 125 and 135, you know, as far as skill set and anything like that, it's all the same. It's just I don't have to put the stress on my, my kidneys and, you know, force my body to lose all that extra That's only different, And I'm fighting guys who are like 5'9 and 5', you know, 7. Instead, of when I was fighting 125, I was fighting guys who are like 5'2, 5'3, 5'4. Um... That range, but everything else is pretty much identical when it comes to the skill 125 or 135. Now, when you go from 120, like you know, 155 all up to heavyweights, then there is a huge rat skill set.
0: Um, I know your next opponent on February 24th is Adriano Moraes, tall, really good grappler, correct? When you see a tall grappler like that, long, what is the advantage that he has? as opposed to a grappler who isn't tall, long, more short, stocky, something like that? What is something that people can kind of see a difference in in those longer grapplers?
1: Yeah, well, the biggest thing you see in a long grapplers is that they've got long-ass legs. So when they wrap your body with the body triangle, it takes forever for, you know, a guy who's my size or, or you know, who's shorter to un- untake those legs. It happened in my last, one of my fights, when I fought Tiwada, he got the body triangle. It took me forever to get them fucking legs unravel because I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure there's extra five inches down there that I can't really deal with. Uh, all right. So that, those are the biggest things is that they're just longer limbs to be able to wrap you up.
0: Okay. So I know you're a, a, obsessor of the chess match, right? That goes on inside the octagon and you're one of the most well-rounded fighters. I mean, seriously, we have ever seen and we're going to blow by that or people are going to blow by that and not stop and realize one of the best that we have ever seen. If you were devising a game plan, devising a game plan for a chess match with Demetrius Johnson of three years ago or four years ago, how would you attack that chess match? Wow, <laughs> it's hard because you know everybody asks me,
1: "What's your game plan? What's your game plan when you go to fight?" I'm like going to fuck shit up, like just going, sure, just going, right, right, and. You know, my coach says my greatest, one of my greatest skills is that I analyze the fight as it goes, right? So if I don't go in there and actually fight and compete, then nothing would ever come. I won't be able to exploit anything. So for me to devise a game plan for three years ago, it will be the exact same thing. Go are fight and let's make sure your skills are sharp and look and just
0: be smart and fight. So you like the chaos of... Going in and like, you think you're better under that chaos pressure than your opponent? Controlled chaos. It's different.
1: I like when I fight. It's not a. It's, it's not a a, a blazing. Light. It's it's controlled chaos where we're gonna be. We're in the clinch and then you know I'll transition to maybe wrestling and then I'll transition to you know grappling and then go to my feet and start striking and look for different transitions. So to a lot of people that might look like chaos, but for me. That's control chaos, like I that realm. My, I spar my, that's the realm he puts me in. And I'm constantly in that realm. So when I go to fight and when I get in that realm and I put my opponents in that realm, I'm able to breathe and survive to where sometimes my opponents are not able to keep up.
0: Okay, so I watched your debut over at One Championship mm, yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was. <laughs> And something I noticed immediately was at least compared to the old pride championship fights where it was really quiet during the fights, right? When UFC, you have guys drinking and they're screaming, "Hey, hit them in the face, blah, blah, blah. And in the pride championship fights back in the day in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was silence. People Mm -hmm. wanted to hear the punches. You're now fighting over in Asia consistently every time. He would swing any time you went to the ground. There was a roar from the crowd, right? That uh, it doesn't bother you. But what do you make of it? I'm not saying that it affects your performance in any way. But do you sometimes wish like, hey, guys, I, w- I wish y'all were rooting for me a little bit, you know, here and there. No, they were they were rooting
1: for both of us. Uh, obviously, Yamato is a hometown favorite. Um, he's come from a great background, a great lots of power in his, in his hands, and you know me being the challenger, the foreigner coming to you know Japan. Obviously, it's been a long time coming. It was a long time coming when I uh, competed over there. So I think you know you know after the fight was done, everybody said that was probably the most like rambunctious like uh, a crowd has ever been, you know, just an the event itself. Um, and it was good. I loved it. I mean, I, I've been competing for so long. I've never competed abroad to go to something else. I've gone to, you know, Sacramento, five Joseph Benavides. Um, I've competed in, you know, hostile territory and done well. So th- that was no different.
0: Um, in one championship, one of the differences that you'll see, at least compared with the UFC over here, is that, They're sometimes in a ring, sometimes in a cage, sometimes people won't necessarily be able to tell the difference of what's going on inside a ring versus inside a cage. Could you explain like a minor detail in strategy when you're fighting with ropes around you as opposed to having a cage? You know, A lot of times you'll see guys, once the fight goes to the ground, get them up against the cage, take them to your corner, get them up against the cage so you can use the cage as leverage to get back up, whatever it is. What are some of those uh, subtle differences that people can look for?
1: I mean, I think you just name, you know, pretty much them in the cage. <laughs> yeah, use you know, leverage. You can put your back against it. You get them to the uh, your your corner if you're if you're that good or you rank. And uh, you know, the cage has eight eight sides you know, there's eight corners. So we're in a ring. There's four corners. Um, there's the ropes have gives. So when you get your back against the ropes, the takedown, it's a lot harder to fight. You can screw yourself out of the ring. Um, people fall through the ring. Um, the, but the biggest thing I would say between both of them is that the ring has four corners. So our ring favors more favor to striking more to the kickboxing my guys instead of mixed martial arts it's, it's more considered it's more favorite to the wrestlers
0: out of curiosity because i know you complained about the failed uh game console launches uh when it first happened so i and i know that you don't obsess as an mma fan about watching fights all the time but one of the biggest pet peeves of mong fight fans is when you buy a pay-per-view event and the stream doesn't work. So I wanna know in your opinion, what's worse for the brand? A poor game console launch or faulty streams for people who paid for fights?
1: I think it's a faulty stream for when people pay for fights. The reason why I say that is the game launch. The reason why the game launch here are well, the recent PlayStation Five launch. I mean, my buddy he still can't get a PlayStation Five is because I think PlayStation Sony wants to have that that kind of control over the place, like the like the mystic around a PlayStation Five. I'm sitting here looking at mine. I'm like, it's a PlayStation Five, but my buddy still doesn't have one. To where when it comes to faulty, you know, it's a lot of things. It could be technical difficulties. It could be you know camera issues it'll be a lot of things and i think when people pay you know 65 bucks or whatever they they expect to have a clean product like the PlayStation five runs phenomenal you just can't one when it comes to actually paying for a stream and you cannot watch it that's when people start to get kind of you know irritated and then you know i did last time i paid for one i was pretty pissed off too i was like what the fuck
0: wasting my money um out of curiosity i'm not our gaming guy over at 1 p.m we have a guy who's a master you know understander of game consoles game strategy tactics skills all that stuff do you think your interest in gaming outside of fighting is because of the differences between gaming and fighting or do you think it's because of the similarity obviously the differences are obvious you know the physical aspect but then the similarities is the strategy do you think it's more about that they're completely different or that they have some similarities at the same time i mean they're they're
1: completely different or completely similar i mean i am pretty sure we were like that <laughs> makes sense but the <laughs> So, the reason why they're similar is, uh, depending on what game you play, it's challenging. It's challenging the mind. It keeps the mind going. You know, I play World of Warcraft for the I've been playing World of Warcraft since Shadowlands launch. I've uh, been just blown away by it. Uh, but it's always challenging because I do PvP, I do arena. So I'm always trying to figure out and solve the problem while the the the, the puzzle's always changing when you're playing it. That's one of the reasons I play in the game. And same thing with the fight. When you're fighting somebody, the puzzle's always changing or the puzzle might never change, but... You're always trying to solve a problem. The thing is that you're not taking, you're not, your body's not getting beat up when you're playing video games, right? You can play video games. I can play video games for six hours, I can't train for six hours. Your body's gonna give out after an hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending on how hard you're going. So, those are the the, the, the differences and the symbols to truly enjoy your games because it's kind of like, it's kind of my rest time, right? Like, a lot of people like to go out, go to the bar or go to a friend's house and a movie i like i, I like to watch movies, but going to the bars i'm not a big fan of but for me uh, video games kind of like my coping or my my relax time it's very cheap you know i haven't bought myself anything i don't know the last time i bought myself something else. i just like to you know spend more games and then it gives me endless entertainment <laughs>
0: Because in, in the gaming world, there's this constant conversation about skills versus tactics. Some games are heavy skill-based. You need to be able to hit the right buttons at the right time. Some of them are more strategic-based, right? Knowing the maps, knowing where to go at the right t- timing, stuff like that. Which one do you think you're better at? Do you think you're better at like the, kind of the skill-based stuff, or do you think you're better as the tactician normal with your career in MMA a little bit?
1: It's little different. I mean, <laughs> when you said you know strategic and and the maps and all that stuff, that comes from like Escape from Tark game, like Ubisoft, uh, Rainbow Six Siege. So those games, you gotta know the map. You gotta listen. You gotta know ponies in the house. Those games, it's always gonna be. It's gonna be. That is like top of dice, like RNG. You never know what's gonna. Happen. Uh, to where it comes, like the skill. Once again, it depends. Like if you're playing World of Warcraft, and I'm a rogue, and I'm going against a demon hunter, and the demon hunter has, you know, the covenant, uh, what is it, like knife aid and it hit you for fifteen thousand, uh, you know, damage one shot. There's nothing you can do about that, right? So, it's, video games is like, like a game like Street Fighter Five. Yes, that that game takes a little bit of skill. Uh, you know, if I, I when I play Street Fighter Five, people are like, oh, you have you have. Some decent skill in shootout at five. You're not professional level because you don't play enough, but you understand the concept and you get the grasp of the game.
0: I know you've talked about like so 2020. You did not fight. This is the longest layoff probably in your entire career. Sixteen months. That- yeah, sixteen months is
1: probably my longest layoff in my career, being healthy. Right. Like sometimes I get 30. yeah. I, I got to take time off just to heal my body. So yes, I would say that's that's.
0: But you've been working. You you said you you've been working out the whole time. You you stayed healthy. You're you're ready to go. You know, not in fight camp shape, but very healthy and and you enjoy fitness regardless of your career. So you know, a lot of people look to MMA fighters or boxers or any athlete really of that matter and they're like oh you know i want to look like him oh i want to be able to do what they do is there something in the gym that you value really highly that you don't see enough people doing maybe it's stretching maybe it's jumping skipping rope maybe it's this is there something that you're just religious about and you're like man i don't know why more people aren't doing this breaks Mm -hmm. to be honest with you breaks stretching, um, taking breaks and listening to your body.
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm still trying to wrestle with this whole concept is that sometimes more is not more is hurting, less is more, right? So with the whole pandemic and all that stuff, like I'll go into gym maybe three days to four days a week to where when I'm training for a fight, I'll be in there maybe five to six days a week, just burning myself out. And I'm like, why? And this is the best I've ever felt. Like I'll go into gym and do five, I'll do five rounds of hard grappling and five rounds of, mui, uh, of Muay Thai sparring, and I felt phenomenal. Like, I'm pushing, I'm, stre- I'm stretching, and I'm not stretching, I'm squeezing. And after I get, like, a 20-minute squeeze on a choke, I get done, I go again. And I go again, I go again, I go again. But then in training camp, I'm exhausted. I'm like, fuck, I just can't. Uh, like, your body's exhausted. You're, you're basically just trying to push your body through training camp. You're pushing your body through hell. To where For me, I'm like... Why Why does it, why do you have to do that? You shouldn't have to do that. So that's the biggest thing is to listen to your body, take more time off, and that less is more and more is less.
0: You are such a hard worker that has been your MO the whole time. You don't talk trash. You're not going to put on a fake gimmick. You're not going to try and sell things you've talked about. Michael Bisping or Cormier trying to convince you into selling a fight and you're like, yo, it's just, it's not really me. Yeah. Do you think it's an advantage to you? Cause people now you're a nice guy, right? Like they don't, maybe they won't take you as seriously cause you're not talking trash and you're, you're not walking around like you're a, you're a BMF or anything like that. Do you think it helps you kind of being a nice guy? And then when you get in the ring, you're not that guy. No, not at all. Because I mean,
1: people see me fight my whole entire career, so I don't think that's gonna work for me. But yeah, I, it's just the way I've always cu- carried myself in my career. It's just, you know, being straightforward, honest, and you know, yeah, I like my skill set, and that's that's it. That's just the honest, the honest truth. So, but I mean, when you mentioned Michael Bisping and Daniel Corman, I miss, I, I miss having a conversation with those guys just to fight, game, and business itself. So that's why I got a little smiley face.
0: My One of my last questions, I'll let you go here, DJ. Again, seriously, thank you so much for your time. You are a family man. You're a world champion. You're an avid gamer who's streaming all the time. I understand your time is very valuable. So seriously, thank you so much. Uh, one of my final questions is so many times you'll hear promoters, fans, fighters. Don't let the fight go to the judges, right? Don't leave it in the judges' hands and you've been on the receiving end of some decision victories, and you've been on the other side where, you know, you lose a split decision. <laughs> I think you see Floyd Mayweather. You see Canelo Alvarez. They're good at making it look like they're winning, even if it's a 50-50 round. They they walk confidently. They're, maybe it's a pressure thing. Maybe it's they don't look like they're hurt when they really are. What do you think the tricks and tips are to – Making it look like you won the round if the round is 50-50 in the eyes of the judges.
1: You know, celebrating, showboating, it would be a lot of things. You never know what the judges are looking for. But I would say those things is like, you know, just showing the judges that you're in control of what's going on And really when you're not. That's the biggest thing. Those are the things I would say.
0: So who's good at it in MMA that people can kind of look to like, oh, he's he's pretty good at kind of controlling the way things go. Oh, man, you know it's kind of hard because when
1: I look at fights, I don't even really look at that. You're aspect. critiquing. I, I'm speaking the whole time, like, and that's the thing. I'll, I mean, there's a couple of fights that happen that I would not even or judges because I'm like, I don't, I don't see where the judges person won the fight just because I score, you know, I see things totally differently.
0: Okay. No, I, I was just curious because you know you've been through the wars, you've been on both sides of it, and I. I was always fascinated by it. It almost feels like a strategy or tactic by fighters to endure and, and make it look like they want to fight in the eyes of the judges. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, I really would like to thank you for your time today. Thank you for coming on and talking with me. And I really look forward to watching you get back into the action here on February 24th.
1: Awesome. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yep. Take care. Goodbye. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 137 PM is a Gallery Media Group original production.